0: Okay guys. So this morning, this morning I wanna wanted to come back uh to what we talked about on last week from our opening text, Ecclesiastes chapter seven, I mean uh chapter seven, verse thirteen through fourteen. Uh but I wanted to read from a uh easy to read version, the ERV, Amen, uh and kind of preach from that perspective this morning here. Amen. So Ecclesiastes 3.13, the ERV version says, look at what God has made. You cannot change a thing, even if you think it is wrong. When life is good, living in prosperity, the benefits of prospering, he says, enjoy it. That's what we talked about last week. But when life is hard, when adversity reveals itself, when adversity is there, he says, remember that God gives us good times and hard times. And no one knows what will happen in the future because it is uncertain, it's unsure. It's not, it's not permanent, amen, it's temporal. You know, so here again, I wanted to come back just in that B part and, and, and focus on, but when life is hard, remember that God gives us the good times and the bad times, amen. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and to who, uh, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, I'm not going to spend time breaking it down, but I really want to focus on uh, all things work together for good, amen, talking about the good times and those hard times, talking about times of prosperity but times at, at adversity, amen. We can handle the prosperity, the good times, those times that are good, but i want to focus in on the adversity those times that are hard so this morning i want to focus on learn or learning to embrace adversity I know it's one of those messages, amen, that you don't want to chew on, amen, because we, we think everything should be rainbows uh, and unicorns and, and doing things for kicks and giggles, you understand, amen, that we think everything got to be cool and, and laid back, amen, that every day is prosperity, amen, uh, uh, but there is some moments that we have to prosper, amen, to overcome adversity, amen. Why? Why should I have to learn to embrace adversity? Why? Because it's a part of life. And it can make you either bitter or better. You decide. Philippians 4.11 says not, Paul says this, not that I speak from want, from from need for I have learned look at look at it I have learned not that I started off this way but I've learned to embrace adversity I have learned how to be content in whatever state I'm in I have learned to be content with whatever I have I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything I have learned The secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty stomach, with plenty or little, for I can do, here's the secret, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Amen. So when we learn to embrace adversity, we learn how to accept Christ and go through him. Amen. Amen. And through him, he is our source. Amen. Of our strength. Now, yesterday, my wife, after going through a tough night of of missing her mother, that passed with no warning, in March of this year, posted the prayer of serenity online for family, friends, and family, in hopes of repurposing her grief to help someone that may be going through a tough time. Also, you know, I, I, I look, I, 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 I recognize that man, and I noticed the. Uh, uh, the grief, amen, but the repurposing of that grief. Like I said, man, we have to learn to embrace adversity. Why? Because it's a part of life, and it can either make you bitter. You can be sitting around talking about why me, why mine, why did I have to go through this? Why 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 is it happening to me? Or you can use it to make you better. Amen. You know, she reminded me of the scripture. Her actions reminded me of Second Corinthians one and four, where it says Who comforts us in all our affliction? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which with which ourselves are comforted by God amen that <laughs> we realize that God is our comforter but you know what I thank God for being omnipresent in my life that amen i know that even when i'm going through he's with me amen but i want to repurpose my grief repurpose my pain repurpose my sorrow repurpose my misery repurpose uh, the hurt amen for someone who's going through that don't know that god is with them and as i read this prayer of serenity, I so much thought about what I was going to be talking about today, about the visitation of adversity and the the, the prayer, and I wanted to read it to you guys today, Amen. Because I believe that it's it's still repurposing, Amen, even to the, to today to this moment. I believe somebody's on this call that can appreciate this prayer, Amen. And the and the prayer said, "God grant me the serenity to accept the things." You cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship. As a pathway to peace, taking the sinful world as it is, as Jesus did, not as I would have it, trusting that you, God, will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next amen amen and 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 when when oh man i can go on all day about that uh with how it lined up with our opening text amen that we learn to accept the things that we cannot change amen and and have the courage to change those things uh that we can and have wisdom to know the difference because our opening text simply said that look at what God has made, you cannot change a thing, even if you think it is wrong. There's some things in our life that we think are wrong. That, amen. That that are out of place that I, I married the wrong woman, or I, I, I'm living in the wrong city. I married the wrong man. I'm living. I'm at the wrong job. I, I, we we I, I had the baby at a wedding lot. We think that all these things are wrong. But I'm here to tell you, man. You know God. God allowed it. I pause for effect, because I want you to let that sink in. Because you have, you know, God said this. The the, the scripture says, "When life is good, enjoy it. Enjoy every moment of it. What you know, live life one moment at a time." The scripture says when life is good, enjoy it. But when life is hard, remember that God gives us good times and hard times. A lot of us want to think that God don't allow hard times. He allows it. Amen. Why? Because the scripture says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Amen. This morning I want to help you to rise above your hurt, rise above your pain, your grief, your sorrow, your difficulties, your misfortune, and learn to embrace the adversity that comes your way. Sometimes we have to repurpose our pain in a positive way, or it might continue to steer you with, uh, uh, throughout your generations to come from you, your children, your children's children, your children's children, children. If we don't learn to repurpose our pain our hurt our grief in a positive way, God gave Cain an opportunity to make things right before he went and killed his brother. Why did he kill his brother? there was adversity that he was faced with and he instead of repurposing his pain his grief his sorrow his hurt he took it out on his brother now you have a choice after being faced with adversity you can either focus on the broken pieces or repurpose the pain and make something useful out of it. You know, what would happen instead of getting mad at your child for breaking a dish? You know, I just sit back and I thought about this, how generationally this would travel. After getting mad at them breaking a dish, hey, man, you you, you took your time. You were slow to anger. (laughs) And you went in and you broke three FOMO dishes, right along with the one that your baby broke. Amen. And you took those pieces, you put it on a tabletop, you mixed it in with some polyurethane, then you you, you laid it out, and only to make a memory, amen, for something more useful, what would happen? What would happen? Would, would, would something change within that child generationally, amen, rather than getting a whooping for breaking something that was temporal in the first place, amen, something that was vulnerable in the first place, amen, that we took something that was vulnerable and made it more stable? Is that not what God is doing in our lives? Jeremiah 18 and 4 says this, and the vessel that he was making of clay, was marred. It was imperfected. It was ruined. It was spoiled. It was nothing that I thought it was supposed to be in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. He crushed it. He destroyed it. The the uh, adversity showed up in the life of that marred vessel. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Now, this may seem harsh to someone who's carnal-minded and cannot hear spiritually, but understand that God created us, us for his glory, not ours, not ourselves, but we like to think that. That God created us that for for our own glory, no, He created us for His glory, so that He can get glory out of your life, amen, so that we try to make our own decisions and make it our, our own will, take all will, God gave us free will amen and 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 we have to make a decision to trust His will or our own will, but he got to the point amen that God said, "You know what, I made you for my glory, amen, and but we want to make." ourselves, what we want to be and not what God wants us to be. God has the plan for our lives, not us. That's why we think that we're going and making certain choices and decisions, amen, and adversity happens because you tend to go uh, the wrong way. You're not going according to the blueprint that the master had designed for your life, amen. Amen. Now, this, like I said, understand that God created us for his glory, not for ourselves. So, so adversity has its place in our life, even if we think it is wrong. <laughs> even when we think it is wrong, it has its place in our life. Nobody wants to go through Adversity. Nobody wants to experience pain. We want to have the good side without the bad side. Look at, look, look at uh, our opening text, at Ecclesiastes 7.13. He says, uh, uh, look at what God has made. You cannot change a thing, even if you think it is wrong. I was reading this article the other day from a Psychology Today out of a magazine, and the writer stated that adversity shakes us to the core. Why? Because it challenges our beliefs about ourselves and our place we are in, 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 life, in, in the world. It challenges our beliefs, our experiences. It challenges our knowledge, the things that we've learned along the way. It challenges our, 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 our culture, amen, our beliefs and who we think we are in our mind and our place in the world. Adversity may show us that we are vulnerable. Adversity may show us that we're less important in the grand scheme of things than we thought, or that things we thought to matter really don't. That's what adversity shows up, and it, it shows us that, you know, like even with this coronavirus, it was so, man, it, it was just so eye-opening to see who was essential and who was not essential. What we thought was an essential thing, according to man, is now uh, not essential. A grocery worker, a man was essential when before we didn't even, we never knew their name. We we never knew they exist. They just, we we just thought the the groceries just appeared up on the shelves. <laughs> you buy something and then somebody refills it up, but you never really look at that as a job you never thought about that being essential you didn't you never thought that they would be working uh when a pandemic hit and you would be at home it let us know about our vulnerabilities and how less important in the grand scheme of things that we that 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 we thought you know adversity if you allow it if you allow it it brings about divine correction now I ran through this last week and I wanted to come back and talk about it uh just a little bit uh divine correction god will cause you to see yourself in someone else's shoes through adversity you know how tables turn that 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 when it, <laughs> We can, we can think one thing. And so we can think we've been doing Paul thought he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting Christians. Until God turned him around, blinded him, caused him to go blind, where God began to minister to him. Amen. Divine, divine correction. God will cause you to switch just to see. Divine correction. Prevention. God will cause you pain, grief, hardship, just to open your eyes. You don't believe me? Ask Balaam and the donkey. Numbers twenty-two, thirty-two. the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beat this donkey these three times? Because the donkey at first laid on top of Balaam on the side of the field. The second time he walked the man into uh, into the wall. Amen. Then the uh, uh, the third time uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. what happened the third time, Amen. But the donkey the donkey, Amen, saw the angel with the drawn sword in the front that Balaam did not see. But the the, the scripture went on to say in Numbers 22:32, the angel said, "I have come here." to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. So God will cause hurt. I know you all was questioning my theology just a minute when you thought I said God will cause hurt, pain, hardship, and grief to come your way. But according to the scripture, that's exactly what happened, only for God to cause divine prevention in the life of Balaam. See, we think that adversity is there to hurt us, but I'm understanding. Let me, let me not get ahead of myself. Amen. Adversity comes to test your character, to test your love, to test your patience, your gentleness, your kindness, your joy, your peace, your, 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 your self control. James 1 and 2, uh, for instance, says, Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, talking about that adversity, for you know that the testing, there's some more adversity, of your faith produces patience, steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, now, now. Adversity, here again, he says, when you meet these trials of various kinds and know that the testing of your faith, amen, this is adversity. God is testing you. He's testing your character. He's trying to see if you're going to, uh, uh, he's testing your character, your faith, to see if you're able to produce patience. Amen. God will test you. Amen. To see if you're willing to love your enemy. God will test you to see. Amen. If you're willing to be kind. Amen. If you're willing to give. Amen. Even though you don't know what those people might do with the money that you give them. Amen. The peace. The joy. I, I love the scripture where the Bible, it's a commandment where the scripture says, This is the day that the Lord has made and we. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We shall rejoice. amen, reactivate joy, amen, and be glad in it. God ain't talking about what's going on. You may be having some adverse situations, amen, but the scripture says this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice, amen, just to test your character and be glad in it. Adversity comes to instruct you. In righteousness. I like this one. Truly, the, the Mark 11 and 23 says this. Truly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Amen. We so busy trying to climb the mountain we so busy trying to fight the giant that God told you to tell it to move. Tell it to move, but adversity comes. The mountain is in your way. The obstacle is in your way just to see if you're going to obey divine instruction instructing you in your righteousness. Isaiah 30 and 20, which brings validity to our opening text, says this. If you needed a second scripture to go along with our opening text, Isaiah 30, 20 says, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself. Anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher. Y'all, it went over your head right there. Hey, amen. God is feeding you adversity. He's watering you with affliction. Hey, amen. He is teaching you with your adversity and your affliction. He is not hiding himself, hey, amen, to not be your teacher. I'm letting you know there's something I'm trying to teach you. Not to harm you, not to hurt you, not to bring any, any harm or hurt in your life, but to teach you, is it going to cause some pain, some suffering? Yeah, that's what affliction and adversity is. But if we learn to suffer just a little while, then he will establish us. He goes on to say uh, another point in adversity coming in, uh, the visitation of adversity, it increases our usefulness. We become stronger. We become wiser. We become smarter. Amen. Amen. We become overcomers. We learn our place. And we learn where our power comes from, which is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Second Corinthians one and four says, Who comforts us in all our affliction? Said this earlier so that we may be able to comfort those who are in many afflictions, in any affliction, uh, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This is where God makes us useful when we understand that our comfort comes from him, amen, that we can be useful for God, that God can begin to use us when we understand who our strength comes from. Going back to our opening text in Ecclesiastes 7, 14 in the B clause, where he says, but when life is hard, remember. God, I like that. When life is hard, remember that God gives us the good times and remember that God gives us the hard times. That goes back to you can see your teacher. You can see the teacher. We have to renew our mind of God's promises. Amen? We have to remember that God is sovereign. We have to remember that God's will is perfect. We have to remember that he is Lord and he has everything under his control. When we fail to remember, we conform to the way of this world and we start focusing on the broken pieces rather than allowing God to use those broken pieces for his glory. We have to get back to remembering. There was one author who wrote, amen, I can't remember it uh, uh 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 verbatimly, amen, but I know he said uh uh to this to this way, it's more better to remember than to be to gain knowledge, I think to 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 be reeducated. In so many words, we're constantly looking for so many degrees and learning so many different things about so many different things, amen, uh, that those things have certain things that you major in so many different things that we go crazy, major in so many different things that the things that we remember, we forget. I studied, I studied uh, uh, stress management uh, for, for some years. And one of the first things that we forget to do is one of the first things we, 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 we did when we first came on earth, which is to breathe. When we start stressing, we stop breathing. We start taking small breaths. Amen. Isn't that something, that we stop remembering to breathe when we start stressing? He says, but when life is hard, remember. Remember, renew your mind. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't have anything in you to remember, you need to learn how to, you need to get into a relationship. This is why the scripture says, all things work together for the good, for good. Listen, you got to finish this thing. All things work together for good for those who love God. Now, pause. Amen. Those who love God, amen, have a relationship with him. But the Bible says the only way that we can get to the Father is but by Jesus Christ. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you have not uh, 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 received a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have not, amen, spent time in Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, if you have not spent time in the word of God, if you don't understand the promises of God, if you have not got into salvation in and uh Jesus Christ, amen, as your personal Lord and Savior. This scripture here, amen, all things work together for good for those who love God, amen, the Bible says that those who keep my commandments love me, amen, Though we keep his commandments, God commanded us, amen, these are commandments, amen, to love God, amen, and love our neighbors, amen, those who love, and there's so much into those who love love God, amen, so much that he had to make it a category, amen, that there's a, a he, he made a distinction between those who love God and those who don't love God. There's several scriptures to understand if you love God, because he says you can say it with your mouth, but that means absolutely nothing. He says that, 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 that many uh, draw to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. You can say you love God but your your actions doing a total different thing, amen? So here again, there's a, a, a distinction here for those who love God. He says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, to his will, to his plan, not your own, not somebody else's, to his. Why? Because God created us for his glory. So sometimes those who love God, Amen, realize that adversity has to come because I may have went some directions that they not were pleasing to God, Amen. That I mess up sometimes. Yes, I'm not perfect. We are imperfect people in an imperfect world, and God knows that, as He realized that sometimes it's going to take adversity to to crush that that, that, that marred uh, uh, vessel, Amen, and remake it into what God wants us to make it. The difference between those who love God and are called according to his purpose, we don't mind. We throw our hands up, God, and surrender, and we say, God, have your way. If I have to lose some things along the way, Lord, have your way. God, I know I spent four or five years in this major, but God, have your way. I realize my resume says this, but this isn't going the way that you wanted me to go. God, have your way. Amen. Sometimes we have to just really break down and just say, God, have your way. We get so trapped into who we are, who we thought we were supposed to be. Amen. Like the rich ruler who said, God, he wanted everlasting life, but he could not tear himself away from everything that he invested in and everything that uh, uh, made him who he was. He could not tear away from it. So the Bible says he walked away grieved. Amen. He walked away grieved. Amen. He walked away grieved grieved because he did not learn how to handle or embrace adversity. And like Paul said in Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Through Christ, we can overcome anything, but apart from God, we can do nothing. Amen. I pray that this message, amen, has impacted somebody on this call today. Amen. And if that's you on this call and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to be in that category for those who love God. Amen. So pray this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all I've done wrong. And please come and please forgive me. And, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me, to set me free from all my sins. Please come into my life, fill me with your spirit, and be with me forever and ever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you received these benefits. Number one, everlasting life. Amen. Two, all of your sins have been forgiven. Three, you obtain a personal relationship with Christ. And four, he will never ever leave you. Amen. Let's close this thing out. Thank you for listening today. I pray that today's word was a blessing to you and that you will apply this word to your life. Tell everyone where you went to church at. Amen. And take some time out and connect. Amen. On awec.live. dot live. A-W-E-C. live. I'm going back to abiding Word Empowerment Call. Amen. That's what we're going back to. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to some things. Amen. I've been in prayer. Amen. God showed me this and showed me Uh, to rebuild and restructure, amen, amen, but go take some time out and and, and connect with us, amen, let's make this thing uh, impactful, let's participate, let's share scripture, let's talk with one another, amen, amen, there's a a new podcast that all these sermons are going on on AWEC Live, amen, so feel free to log on to that, amen, let's close this thing out, I declare that grace is and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed day, and I'll talk to you again next Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Amen. Don't forget, log on, dot Amen. God bless you.